Hello and welcome back to this episode of How Do You Do? With me, Flo. And me, Hat. Or Hattie, whatever you want to call me, I don't mind. <laughs> this week we have the wonderful Emma Wallace, who is the audience development manager at Murky Books. What's Murky Books, Flo? Murky Books is an imprint at Penguin Random House, which was started by the hashtag Murky team and Stormzy. 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 So I'm very, very happy that we have him on the show <laughs> because I love Stormzy. I talk about him almost every day. I try and pitch him in every show that I work on. Fangirling. So we've got so like much. Stormzy fan club here. Yeah. So now I'm one step closer to Stormzy by association. That's how it works, right? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, you're basically married. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think I'm going to be great at this one. So we had a great chat with Emma about her route into murky books and her route into publishing, which isn't a traditional route at all. So we hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you at the end. Bye. Hi, Emma. Hi. Hi, Emma. Welcome to our studio. How are you? Thank you. It's very snazzy. Thank you very so nice. much. We made the, it ourselves. Yeah, the listeners can't. We could say it looks like anything because people don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're in a glass. It's actually is quite nice. <laughs> um, so what do you do? What do I do? Oh, my God. That's a, it's a quite a big question. So I work for Murky Books in Penguin Random House. I am the audience development manager for Murky Books, which means something to some people and not a lot to quite a few others um, but it is essentially I manage the social media channels the newsletter website content work on partnerships events it's quite a small team so it's kind of like getting involved in quite a bit but um, my remit is basically expanding the community helping build it from the ground up nice varied very varied. very varied yeah so what do you do today uh, created some content edited some video Talk to a designer about a uh, newsletter redesign that we're doing, planned some content, talk to an intern that's working with us on the marketing team about, you know, illustrators that we should be working with and so on and so on. Yeah, it kind of varies day to day when we're in the middle of an event. Obviously, that's all like we're doing in that moment mm-hmm. because it's a small team. Um, but yeah, my my main remit is to basically build out the community in any way that I can on social media. So content plays a big part of that. Mm. Oh, such an exciting team to intern for. That yeah. must be so exciting, especially because you're quite a small team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Murky Books team is a we're a small core team, mm. and then we have marketing and publicity that help us from the bigger cornerstone team within mm. Penguin, and then obviously. Stormzy and his murky team help us out as well. And um, just for people that don't know, what is Murky Book? So it's a publishing imprint within Penguin Random House and it was created in partnership with Stormzy and his hashtag murky team Mm -hmm. to basically publish a new generation of voices, voices that sometimes are rarely heard within the publishing industry. It's also there to sort of help young writers figure out what publishing is mm. and to for them to sort of realise that this can be a career for them. So we're kind of like championing unheard voices, basically, within Penguin. Amazing. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really good imprint to be a part of. Yeah, And it's pretty fresh, isn't it? It's not a year old yet, is it? I think it's just a year just old. Year. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I actually joined in March. Mm-hmm. So I was in the sort of like a central team within Penguin that works only on like digital. Mm-hmm. And I'm on a year secondment. 
So I'm helping the team because it's small and it's been an interesting few months. It's been quite a whirlwind, yeah. Uh, What's your favourite thing about your job? I've been quite um, conscious of only doing roles and joining companies Mm -hmm. that I believe in. And I think... um, you know, every every job has like its stressful points and uh, this role sort of, because I believe in what it's there to do, it's, you sort of like go with whatever goes down and whatever happens. Mm. As cheesy as it sounds, I enjoy all of it. Yeah, no, um, for sure. Yeah. That's exciting. That's really nice. Um, and you've had a pretty varied career, especially for someone so young. Um, can you tell us your kind I like of that you said I'm so young. Can you tell us how you got to where you are now? Yeah, it's uh, it's a slightly weird one. So I did history uh, at university. Oh, me too. Nice, okay. nice. Um, yeah, my, uh, the history courses I did were so I went to SOAS School of Oriental and African Studies and studied South, broadly speaking, South Asian history, Middle Eastern history, African history. Um, because I wanted to do something that was different from the curriculum that we were taught during, you know, GCSE and A level, which yeah, was for sure, yeah, the same, the old, same, same old, <laughs> yeah. World War Two, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then when I came out of uni, I kind of wanted to get into journalism, so I did a bit of like freelance stuff. I worked with, did an internship with the BBC Singhala team, so I'm half Sri Lankan, and they had a Sri Lankan team working out of it was the office near Hoban when they had it open Mm. um made some friends there they brought me back to do a bit of a freelance gig here um and I did some stuff for a newspaper out in Sri Lanka oh amazing um and then basically I came out of uni I didn't know what I wanted to do Mm. Um, classic yeah yeah. (laughs) so I tried some stuff out as well as doing like my freelance journalism bits. So I actually worked in the city as a high-end banking recruiter. Wow. wow. You have had a very Great career. random yeah. job. I love random. The, the random things you've tried have all been like amazing careers. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was just like a mascot at Children's Play Centre. I was a charity street fundraiser. Yeah. I mean, no I shade on the charity street fundraisers. They do a hard job. Yeah, but. really hard work. <laughs> yeah. But amazing. Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, I dipped my toe in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, into the banking world. <laughs> Basically, I tried out a bunch of like paid internships. They did offer me a role, but I, it just wasn't my environment, like the yeah. city. Like, I, I feel like there's certain people that can handle the city and mm. that wasn't me. Um, so yeah, so after that, I then went into a startup and worked on, basically they advertised it as like a freelance social media slash blogger situation. Mm. Um, and what was it actually? Yeah, it wasn't actually what it said on the tin, but it did involve me writing copy um, and working on social media. And that's when I sort of first had a bit of experience with, you know, managing channels for a brand. Um, It was quite fast paced, basically, Mm -hmm. which is what I enjoy. Um, And then from there, yeah, I kind of just stuck with social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess back then, I say back then, it was only a few years ago, but I guess like social media managers were just becoming a thing, sort of like a real thing here anyway. Um, so yeah, I, d- I didn't really know what what I would get into, but that's kind of like what I just walked into, I guess, social mm. media. What skills do you think you brought with you then from journalism mm. into your role now? Do you feel like you use any of that? Yeah, I'm, I mean, just handling certain situations. Social media is so fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Everything digital is so fast-paced. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's quite an interesting situation to be in, so... 
yeah, I, I was at the BBC before and then Penguin now, and they're quite two very traditional sort of companies within traditional industries. Yeah. Um, so trying to, they kind of know that social media and, uh, you know, all the things that come with it is very important, but trying to actually get things moving quickly is sometimes um it kind of grates against like the traditional way that they do things. Yeah. I mean, at the BBC, when you when you were trying to get things through quite quickly, you kind of like had to roll with the punches and get quite sort of creative with pushing things through. Yeah. And I think I do the same in this job as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess in, in in the startups I worked in, it was fast and um, you got things through quite quickly, but you didn't have like the brand names. Yeah. And then this is like the flip side where you have that big brand name so you can get things done, but it's quite slow pace sometimes. Although within Mackie Books, because it's a small team within the big company, we do get to do a lot of things Mm. um, that we just want to do and just push it through quite quickly, which is nice. So I think I found a a nice, happy medium within Penguin at the moment. It's quite hard, isn't it, to take risks when you've got so many sign-off processes. So I work in digital and um, what I once did was give them a time limit of (laughs) two days and if they didn't reply it was signed off. (laughs) How did that work out? It was actually okay because thankfully the stuff we were making was awesome of course. Right. Um, (laughs) It goes goes without saying. It it did get to a point where it was so hard getting a response out of them and it worked and we did it. Yeah. (laughs) Quite stressful for them and for me. (laughs) Especially when you've got multiple things that are all being signed off at once. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard, yeah. So there's a lot in the news at the moment about the kind of scary dark side of social media, especially Mm. with all like the Facebook data stuff. But I think there can be real pros for social media. So what do you think those kind of great things are with working with social media as a platform? I mean, at the moment, I think what is coming through is um, smaller communities having a voice through social media. So... um, yeah, I'm half Sri Lankan. I follow a lot of like it's like Asian Twitter. Mm. Um, there's all these different sort of small micro communities coming through and being able to give their opinions, and that's only available through you know Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. I think that yeah, there there is a negative side to social media, but I think there was probably that before social media existed yeah. I think I was actually listening to a, a podcast today that was talking about social media hasn't changed people um, it's just sort of made it even more transparent like our opinions yeah. and, and the way that we are inherently mm. there's a lot of blame put on the networks themselves and I'm not saying that the way that they do everything is totally legit I mean what happened with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica was horrendous but I think in the way that an individual uses it is yeah I think it's quite uh, representative of who that individual is on a daily basis anyway yeah Yeah. I think it's good to kind of keep yourself separated from it a little bit Mm. be aware of what it is and for what it is rather than just taking it yeah but I think you can use it like I I listened to a podcast recently where people were talking about using it as a safe space. So everyone you mm-hmm. follow should be someone that you kind of, you like the opinion of or who makes you feel good about yourself or is like quite boost. And I, so I went through my, I like just classically followed exactly what they said. Mm-hmm. And I went through and I made sure that everyone I followed was someone who's like body positive or someone who's like 
creative and I like, like their work. And now it, like, I see it as like, it, yeah, it's like a community. It's like a real yeah. safe space for me to go to and get ideas. That's and, a really good idea. It is, yeah, it's lovely. I think I might start unfollowing <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah, I think there was like a politician today from the States that unfollowed Donald Trump, even though he's, I think he was a Republican or something. Oh, really? He was like, I'm taking the active decision to, the conscious decision to unfollow the president because of all the stuff that he's spewing. It's not like healthy for mm. me to keep reading through it every day. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess in that same that same vein. Yeah. Unfollow Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I follow and unfollow him all the time. Do you? Because I think it's good to not have just one opinion, especially yeah. on like your Twitter feed. But I just it don't want to give him so the count. Cross. I just don't, I'm not that he's noticed by one tiny little number, but I just don't want to give him the follow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you think big companies like Penguin mm. uh, understand the value or the potential of social media in the way that you're talking about it? Yes. What you don't want a, a big company to do or a brand to do is to force themselves into those spaces mm. on social media in a way that doesn't feel legit or mm. uh, like they actually want to have a conversation with those people mm. and just to push and sell and all that kind of stuff. And you can spot it a mile off. Yeah, 100%. I think the younger generation is so much more savvy at that. Um, and there's been many brands that have tried to do it and sort of like been slightly taken down with the response. It's a different one for Penguin because there's so many books that are coming out with so many different topics and we as a company have a lot of content that we could create and a lot of people that we could talk to. It's just kind of like refining down which one of those books that we talk about. Yeah. So yeah, brands can do it, but only if they do it in a way that feels right to those communities. Yeah. yeah. And if it's relevant, of course. And we're kind of living in a generation of real tech natives. Like, you don't need mm. to go on a course, you just need to use it every day right, and day yeah. to day. Um, what skills do you think that young people can bring to the table, which these kind of big companies might be lacking? I just think authenticity online, because we use it. I'm still including myself in these young people. Um because we use it on a daily basis. <laughs> We've already said you're, you're very young, so you're fine. I'm just in the millennial bracket, I think. Um, because we use it on a daily basis, I think it's, uh, and in ways that feel authentic, and we use it as a way to communicate with friends, and it's sort of innately within us as, like, digital natives that we can, you know, bring something to the table with big companies that where, you know, they go on courses to figure out how to use social media. Yeah. It's completely different to if you're using it on a day-to-day -day basis, using Twitter, using Instagram stories, using Snapchat, whatever it is. Mm. Um, it's just kind of that experience and of, uh, you know, using it since you were 12 to... Yeah. Yeah, 25 or whatever. Though I did go on a course about Instagram stories once did and it did change my life because it taught me how to do like rainbow lettering or these like <laughs> moving... Facebook? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the ones at Facebook are quite good because they're my the stories tips and tricks, now, don't they? My stories are off the chain. They're so good. <laughs> Check out Flo's Instagram, <laughs> Instagram stories. They're all with rainbow letters. <laughs> So what would be your biggest piece of advice for someone who's starting out in the publishing world or wants to get into that space? I, I'm not quite sure about that one because I didn't come through the traditional route. Yeah, okay. Or maybe that is the advice there, that you don't have to come through the traditional route. Mm. So I actually came in on a Mac cover 
And then the woman decided not to come back and the role went out. It was just yeah. good timing. I feel like my whole career is based on good timing. <laughs> no, you right make good right timing time. sometimes. Mm. Do you think? You have to yeah. make the most of the time, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people in the publishing industry that kind of know from uni stage that they want to get into publishing and I wasn't like that. And I think there are a lot of people like that. Yeah. Um, that the industry itself could benefit from. A hire on our team, she came from a finance company and brought her skills that she had there into the publishing industry to work as a marketing assistant. So I feel like the advice there is basically it doesn't have to be the traditional route. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's what put me off getting into TV for so long. I think that's a good piece of advice because I didn't get into it till I was about 25. I was Mm. doing other stuff. And then I thought, by the time it's silly now when I look back but I thought that 25 I was too old and I'd done all these things and they didn't want someone who'd never worked in TV so I didn't do it for ages and then when I started going for interviews people were like oh that's amazing you've got all this other experience Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, right yeah we're we're hiring a gonna plug it <laughs> yeah, oh, no, commission, I, I don't know when this is coming up but <laughs> commissioning editor role for Murky Books and the main thing to note is that there's no publishing experience required oh that's amazing um, that's really interesting so yeah so that's there's so a exciting. lot of people getting in touch yeah. about that yeah um, and I think something that people have said to me is like or I've started to understand is your career can kind of close off a bit the further you go mm. up. But that's not true. Like you can change industries and you can put give so many different skills to a different job. Yeah. That it's not closed off. No, it's all transferable. Right? Mm. There's a lot of people I know, I think, within publishing, especially in the digital sort of space mm. that have come from outside industries like agencies other completely different brands different industries and are able to yeah provide a different sort of opinion and um to the people that have been in the publishing industry for like 30 years um which they in themselves find exciting i guess that's what a lot of murky books this whole kind of yeah like 100%. focus is yeah and that's why it's such an exciting project to work on my yeah. natural segue into the next <laughs> bit of the <laughs> such a good broadcaster <laughs> Talk to, to get onto Murky Books, yeah. which is such an exciting project. And yeah. like I've kind of followed it from the beginning. And I worked yes. on a podcast last year, which we did a little bit with Murky Books. And that was really exciting. So how did it all get started? How Murky Books came about, I think Stormzy always wanted to do, I mean, he's got lots of initiatives, him and his team. Mm-hmm. Um, like last year, they did the Cambridge scholarship, yeah. uh, sponsorship thing. Mm-hmm. Um And I think he was just keen. I think he saw a lot of writers himself through, I think through Twitter, he was talking to a lot of them. Um, And he sort of saw that they needed an outlet or some place to go and actually potentially be published. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that's basically how the idea came about. And then his team got in touch with Penguin and just started conversations and it just kind of, yeah, happened. Yeah. His book, actually, that Murky Books was launched with, Rise Up, the Murky story so far, which is about him and his team's sort of, like, journey mm-hmm. through the industry, the music industry so far, was written by a guy that he found off of social media. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. So, so I came to um, the the launch at the oh, barbican last year yeah yes. and it was amazing and hearing that story you just kind of I kind of thought that they were old friends but it was no. just a guy he contacted on yeah, Twitter yeah, yeah. wasn't it or something yeah. like that and that's yeah. kind of like how we operate at the moment so um, you know there's there's a lot of like up and coming illustrators that want to work with us and we're constantly trying to uh, you know make a lot more visual content yeah. um, and there was a 19 year old that got in touch with us on Instagram and just was like you know I'd love to work with you and we are planning to now so yeah it's kind of like 
grassroots stuff. That's so um, exciting. Yeah. And kind of the way it should be, really. Yeah. But yeah, but sadly not the way it always is. Yeah. And the response to it has been crazy. So when I was at the event last year, mm. like seeing all these kids cheer for Mallory Blackman and stuff yeah. like that was just so lovely and just filled my heart with such joy seeing this like group of school kids being like yeah Mallory Blackman because yeah, they knew yeah, that Stormzy yeah. loved her yeah um did you expect the response to be like that and were you surprised by how big it's got I don't think I'm surprised I, th- I think like I would have loved something like this when I was younger yeah. I would have loved to seen yeah something like murky books around an imprint that you could really like see books coming out with authors of color and uh, underrepresented voices and you know having those events with people like Mallory Blackman who are such a big part of like all of our like upbringings like reading those series and I think because it's murky books the murky brand has already been there with like young kids as Stormzy has like risen that brand already means something to them yeah. And they've already seen that story. Mm. Yeah, it's trusted almost. Yeah. Because yeah. what I, I expected them all to be go crazy for Stormzy right. and like other people that he'd be like a Carla was there and stuff like that. Right, and you right. kind of expect that. But like, yeah, just seeing like Benjamin Zephaniah was there and yeah. they were all like, I remember like when they were nudging each other and be like, shut up, he's talking. And it was just, it was just lovely. <laughs> so lovely. It was Heartwarming. Yeah, it really was. So with Stormzy starting his own imprint Mm. at Penguin and Kendrick Lamar winning the Pulitzer Prize last year, Mm. do you think that young people's attitude towards literature and reading is changing? I don't know if it was ever sort of like waning. Like I, I, I feel like it's always been there. We spoke to a few young kids and like some of them read like seven, eight hours a week. Like, and it's like 16 to 22 year olds. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's always been there. I mean, I guess you kind of had that period where reading is sort of like associated with school mm-hmm. um, and you kind of like want to spend your spare time with your mates and going out and that kind of stuff. Um, but I feel like it's still there, even if it's like, you know, two, three hours a week comes down a little bit. But I feel like with what Murky's doing mm. and with um, like the feminists don't wear pink, the kind of marketing and the products as mm. well for young adults and teenagers is so much cooler than... I mean, <laughs> Harry Potter was cool. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Harry Potter fans. And I am one of them. Don't get me wrong, it's very cool. But it just feels a bit more raw and a bit more engaging to mm. younger people. Maybe there's more variety now, yeah. maybe. Uh, with social media, I think it's like... I don't know, you're, I think you kind of have more of an opinion, if that makes sense, mm. or you can kind of like... Oh, there's a platform all these, for there's it. There's a platform for it, but you also you follow all these people who you admire. But like maybe when like we were younger, like I loved people, but I didn't, maybe didn't know their opinion on things or their right. thoughts. And I didn't like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels a bit more available now, so I don't know if... Yeah. Yeah. But I think the formats are changing. Like I can't imagine reading a book like Rise Up mm. or Feminists Don't Wear Pink where the format... I've never seen it. I've never read a book like that, right. especially for young adults. I don't yeah. think yeah. you would keep my interest as a kind of 16 to 24 year old right. with a format like that. But because, and again, going back to what you said about social media, there are these personalities. So to put them in a book makes sense. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's part and parcel with that social media aspect. We're so used to hearing like multiple voices have an opinion on a certain topic. It just works in like traditional formats like books, um, which maybe would have been like completely weird for us to see when we were younger because we didn't have social media to already experience that, you Mm. know, those opinions coming out. Yeah, and I don't think there was any authors. I was on, what was it called? Bebo? 
Bebo uh, back Bebo, in the day. Yeah, 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 Bebo. Yeah. We've had a few shout outs to Bebo on this podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah, people always talk about Bebo. Oh, James was talking yeah. about Bebo. Wasn't he? I thought MySpace was a bit too obvious. <laughs> so back to Murky, like the motto there is trying to like give a platform to these voices who aren't always traditionally heard. Um, how important do you think it is to read stories that relate to your own experience? Uh really important um, it's like seeing you know people of color on a tv show that you love or a film that you love i mean the experience that a lot of my friends had when black panther came out was like it was like such a momentous occasion yeah. um and i feel like that is the same across every industry like you know afrobeats coming through music is such a big thing and through books through rise up through uh taking up space and then we've got Derek's book coming out so our next book called that reminds me and it's a novel in verse and it's talking about mental health in regards to like black men yeah. i think seeing like something like taking up space in foils window shop like a young black girl walking past that and seeing you know the black girls manifesto for change in the in the window of foils is like a big thing um and yeah i i I just think seeing that representation across books it it, um it's like a weird undescribable feeling and um for young people listening who feel like they have a story to tell Mm. um what are your tips for getting started i mean yeah i listen to a lot of podcasts and everyone always talks about speaking your truth Mm. um I think there's a lot of um, influences out there that kind of, uh, you know, put stuff out there just to be seen and and, and things like that by, by brands and companies. But again, it's going back to authenticity. I feel like if you're an authentic person and have an authentic opinion and you have a story that you need to tell, more than likely there is someone that uh, has that shared experience yeah. and is looking for someone else to talk to. I think that's kind of like how Jude came about as the author for the first book is he was writing and Stormzy's uh, obviously had like affiliation with what he was writing about and understood what he was writing about. So that's why he came aboard and wrote Rise Up, mm. uh, the first book. And for young people who may have written something and or are hoping to write something, what kind of thing is Murky looking for at the moment? Is there anything specific or? Uh, no, it's we're not. I, I mean, we have, so we launched a couple months ago. Um, I mean, it's closed now, but it's going to be an annual thing, the Murky Books New Writers Prize. And it was open for 16 to 30-year-olds. New writers could submit a proposal and a short description of like a book that they were thinking about whether it's non-fiction fiction or even like a poetry collection mm. um so we got <coughs> over 1200 submissions within mm. a month so it's a lot of young people who have an idea in their head or have poetry sitting there or have various things that they've been thinking about that could be a book they all sort of applied and can choose one winner but we we chose two in the end um and one of them was a poetry collection and one of them was uh, a fiction novel mm-hmm. oh, um basically the prize was that they'd be published by Mackie Books. So one of them is getting published next year and the next one is uh, the year after. And do you work with them from a development point of view as well? 100%, yeah. Every author that we have, they come in, um, they have an editor who works with them uh, on the idea right up to like final draft, ready to go to printing. 
then sort of like marketing publicity kicks in and then you know on publishing day it kind of like doesn't stop it's published and then we keep going because the hardback is published and then a year about a year later the paperback is published so it's kind of like this full journey that you've got an entire like team backing you behind you mm. and something that when I was reading Rise Up mm. a big part of Rise Up was about ambition and confidence mm. what does confidence kind of mean in your for you in your stage of your career I think it's the confidence to uh, articulate your ideas and your opinions but also having the confidence to admit when you get things wrong mm-hmm. um, and I think I've always learned more when I've got things wrong. Not that I continually get things wrong at work, but <laughs> um, that is sort of how I've figured out where to go and what I should be doing next and what path I should be going down. Sort of when you when you make mistakes, learning what to do from there and having the confidence to say that, yeah, I made a mistake and this is now what I'm going to do is, like, key mm-hmm. um, and, and really important. Um, sure. I listened to an interview with Ruby Wax. Mm. Her definition of a psychopath is someone that has ultimate faith in what they're right. saying, like, <laughs> right. has no it's lack true, of their confidence. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. realised that after she interviewed Donald Trump. Right. Oh, mm, wow. Yeah. <laughs> when did she interview Donald Trump? Oh, ages ago. Oh. Like, really long time ago. Fascinating. Yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> Good podcast. Um, Adam Buxton, <laughs> shout out. Um, and how going back to confidence how do you think you kind of acquire or develop it I think through certain relationships at work what's really important to me when I go into a new job is like the culture and the environment because you spend so much time at work it's important for me that I feel like I have not a team there to like help me with every single task that I do but team there to have my back um, at certain stages or a team that or colleagues that sort of like understand what I'm getting at. And also I've sort of built up the confidence in myself as well. But again, I think that comes with like experience and uh, time yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think I'd ever be on a podcast, but here I am. <laughs> I I hate uh, public speaking. But, uh, oh, you're doing fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you're doing really well. Um, I hate public speaking and I'm hosting a podcast. <laughs> well done. Voluntarily. <laughs> Sorry. <dear. laughs> I can imagine starting in a company kind of as renowned as Penguin must have mm. been quite intimidating. Yeah. Kind of, do you ever experience self-doubt now and how do you overcome it? Yeah, it's kind of like that same old imposter syndrome, isn't mm. it? Um, and I think I got that because I didn't come from within the publishing industry. Yes. There was a lot of people to meet, a lot of stuff to learn real quick. But I think I kind of relied on my experience working in startups before and having being in those situations, albeit with within like really smaller teams, of going with the flow sometimes and sort of telling myself that, you know, you can't learn everything in like a day. Mm. I sort of give myself like a three to six month period to sort of like bed in whenever I move anywhere new. But now that I'm in it, I have really close friends from Penguin now um, who've met my family and all that kind of stuff. So it feels like, it feels much easier than it did, obviously, at the beginning. Mm. There's still things that I still don't understand in some meetings where it's like, 
you know, certain publishing terms and things like that kind of goes over my head. Mm. I think the industry talk, we talk about this quite a lot, is just a way to make people feel like they don't know what's going yeah. on. I think it's a cruel trick. It's the same with TV. We both had a thing where I think, was it the TX date that oh, neither God, of us knew yeah. what it meant oh, for yeah. ages? <laughs> no, and no one tells you. So you, they just say TX date and you go, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and then a and year also, later, I kind of was like, I'll just Google it. But you can't because like some of these things are very specific. <laughs> like some teams make up their own nonsense, yeah. short yeah. and yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just being able to, and then after a while you realise, oh, it's okay to ask. Some people don't know as well, but I just thought I was the only one who didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's okay to ask. Yeah, <laughs> no questions are silly questions. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, what are your kind of tips for boosting your confidence and sharing ideas? I guess maybe going over the, the skills and the things that you can bring to the job. Mm. Um and like really honing in on that because they obviously hired you for a reason, right? Like I, for example, brought my outside experience of like social media and like how things works and audiences and building communities and things like that mm-hmm. because they have so many other things that they're focusing on, the marketing teams. They kind of didn't have a moment to like step back and just like survey social media and like all the different networks and what networks should they be on and advertising and all that kind of stuff so I really honed in on like that's what I'm going to work with them on Mm. and that's what I can bring to the table Mm. and then they kind of were a bit more open to like talking to me in general (laughs) (laughs) but also working with me that's a good start (laughs) yeah Touched on it earlier briefly how much you value working with people who you kind of trust and you have a relationship with. And that's something that comes through a lot in when I see anyone from the murky team talking about what you're doing and kind of like your values and everything like that. One of the core values always seems to be having a strong team. Yeah. How important is it to you to have a strong team around you? Yeah, it's, it's important. I've definitely been in jobs where I haven't. Mm. I need that around me if I'm going to stick around long term. Mm. I feel like the job is only as good as the people around you or the people that you work with. It's just really nice to hear like teams that just kind of like big each other up and kind of I feel like Murky does always do that. Stormzy's really clear that he doesn't do anything alone, which I think is lovely because I think there is the kind of attitude with creative jobs or creative companies, especially if you're like kind of looking to get your first job, that someone's always going to take your job so people would be like oh everyone wants to work for Swansea so like you know you've got to be your best or like someone's going to take your job yeah so like how can young creative people support each other and support each other's work yeah I think it's that element of like lifting up like you Mm. said Mm. um you know even a shout out goes a long way because you don't know who else is like looking I think the whole community around Murky Books at the moment is exactly like that. There's a few other like um, bookstores like New Beacon Bookstores. There's uh, Jacarinda Books who are also doing a similar kind of thing to us. And, um, you know, we'll shout them out. They'll repost our stuff. It's not like we're sort of like keeping ourselves to ourselves and sort of because this is a industry issue that we're trying to tackle with publishing underrepresented voices and it can't just be us that are doing it I think it's really important to like talk to the community that you want to make a bit of space in and lift other people up at the same time because it can only help you at the end of the day Mm. and I think that's a really nice thing about murky books is that there's a bigger conversation Mm. and a bigger picture like you said that you're trying to tackle and I think sometimes in the creative industries or any kind of industry, your competitor is a competitor, full right. stop. 
Right. Whereas in this situation, no, not so much. We're, we're with all our content online. We're we're publisher agnostic. So the books that I share, like, are from other publishers and oh, are nice. independent. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah, that's lovely. Like and that, that kind of shows again, like going way back to what you were saying about like being authentic on social media and across everything that shows that it is authentic yeah because it's just a mission it's not like look how great penguins doing it's like look what exciting things there are yeah and what exciting voices there are which is lovely and what does the future hold for murky (laughs) many exciting things Mm. we've got uh yeah hopefully got uh, a couple new announcements coming soon. Um, Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I will get killed if I say anything. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, the first up is uh, Derek Owusu's book, That Reminds Me. It's coming out November 14th. And we bought two of Derek's books, actually. And he, I don't know whether you've heard of Mostly Lit podcast. Yeah, um, I worked yeah, with Derek last year. Oh, so I worked with Derek as my producer on, I did, this is this Oh, spoke. this is Spoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. I worked with Derek. I didn't know he had a second book coming out. That's yeah, so exciting. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, so we've, we've got two. Uh, so that reminds me. And then the second book is a nonfiction uh, that's yeah. coming out in, I think it's 2021. I think. Oh, oh amazing. Um, yeah. Derek, yes. <laughs> he yeah, he's 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 already started getting some really great responses so far. He's he's got quotes from like Benjamin Zephaniah and Guy Gunaratna. And oh, he's so smart. He's like, Ward and yeah. He's amazing. Like, every time I saw him he was reading about five different books. <laughs> like still on the same one that I've been reading for about four months. Yeah. No, but it's it's really exciting to see voices like Derek's coming through the imprint. Um makes my job easy like mm. it's it's like they're just amazing authors that mm. I get to work with and books I get to push out there and let be let be known to the world yeah uh, and what piece of advice would you give to your younger self oh uh met your younger self now yeah go with your gut I've always nice. gone with my gut mm. um f- yeah from working in startups where uh, a couple of them went uh went under and I kind of like knew that at that at which point when to sort of like move on Mm. um and when not to uh get a career in the city as a banking recruiter so yeah (laughs) even though my mum uh yeah my mum's Sri Lankan and she was like you have to stay in a job and you have to you know have something next (laughs) like lined up she had a very traditional way of looking at like a career and I kind of was like no I'm not gonna do that I'm just gonna go and do something I actually want to enjoy. And that's kind of like how I ended up in social media. I'd like to remind her about that like, <laughs> every year or so. Um, yeah, go with your gut. I've, I've always done it and I've, it's kind of like got me where I am. Um, so have you got any kind of favourite quotes from Rise Up? Because you obviously probably worked on it quite closely. Yeah, so um, there's one quote uh, in the book. I mean, there's loads of like inspirational quotes and they mm. talk about... A lot of great things. There's a lot of great advice from the team about how they got to where they are now. But there's one quote that talks about how they got into music. And it's, when we first got involved in music, we we realised that whatever we put out has to be truthful. And I think that's quite true of what we do at Mikey Books as well. That's really poignant. (laughs) So I think that's a nice place to end it, really. It's a nice thing to wrap up on. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. It was great to chat to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.
Hi again, guys. Hi, guys. Hope you enjoyed the chat with Emma. She's great. She is great, though. I feel like such an idiot because I did not ask her if she met Stormzy. I was thinking it in my head the whole time. <laughs> I was trying to work it naturally in a way that like didn't seem like I cared. Like How I can don't I care. hook this in? <laughs> <laughs> but that was my burning question, and she's left without me asking, and now I'll never know. Maybe we just ask her on Twitter. Or maybe I just show up at the Murky Books office and ask her to her face. I mean, the Twitter thing was more subtle, but the Murky Books thing showing up is not weird at all. No, it's absolutely Maybe just pitch a book about how you want to meet Stormzy. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) My story, my journey so far. I like that. Um, (laughs) What did you enjoy about our chat? Oh, so much of it. She spoke so well. She had such amazing advice. I loved uh, what she was saying about following your gut and kind of trusting your own instinct, because I think that is really true and something that I find quite difficult. Also, I think saying that you learn more about confidence from getting stuff wrong, which mm. I think people maybe don't say enough. Yeah. They should. One of the best skills as a producer is justifying why you want something to happen. And it's a re- it's really good practice to do with anything is working out why you want something to happen, why you think that's going to benefit the project or the show or whatever it is that you're working on. Um, because it also will help you a lot in meetings. Because you might be sitting in a meeting where lots of people are going to question why you want the box to be blue. Weird. Weird example. Weird example. Could have talked about a show, but no. (laughs) Fine. But there's a really lovely quote in Rise Up where they talk about this. And it's, not everyone has that kind of belief in themselves. It was normal at the time, but looking back, it was strange. That's some sort of divine favour. It didn't come from anywhere apart from a sense that I could do it. And that's Stormzy talking about confidence and about ambition and about believing in yourself. Yeah, and that's lovely. And mm. we should all have a little bit more belief in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totes. Thanks, Stormzy. And there's another really nice thing that he says where he's talking about his team because I think Emma was talking really eloquently about working collaboratively with a team Mm. and it's the people around you that prop up the work that you're doing and also just being proud of what everyone else is doing and plugging the hole so if people might not have digital experience that's what you can bring to the table yeah and I think that comes out of confidence doesn't it because if you know that you're kind of in the right place then you're not scared that someone else is going to take it so you can big other people up because you're secure in where you are Mm. so definitely Mm. and in the words of Stormzy One of the saddest things in life is incredible talent and lack of confidence. Confidence isn't about grabbing the mic or being the loudest in the room. You can be quiet, calm and collected in your confidence, but just do it. Have the confidence to do it, which I think is really true. And I think sometimes people look at the loudest person in the room and think they are the most confident one, when actually it's just being confident in yourself, however that presents itself. So I love that quote. I love it. Yeah, it's really great. So thanks again to Emma for coming along. She was great. great. chat and so lovely. And we will meet you again for the next episode. And it's bye from me, Hat. And bye from me, Flo. Bye. Bye. So if you like the podcast, follow us at How Do You Do Pod on Twitter and Instagram and leave a review. And like and subscribe. Always like and subscribe because it's apparently a big thing. Yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs>